Welcome into another Daily Wager Extra. I am Doug Kazarian. It is a off week, a bye week, a travel week in the NFL with the Super Bowl in L.A., but we're going to talk with Las Vegas oddsmaker John Murray in just a bit because there are some props already posted, some index betting like Super Bowl MVP, and we'll talk the line move and recap Championship Sunday, which saw another exciting weekend. Not all walk-offs, just one walk-off field goal, and then we had one come down to the final couple minutes, obviously, in the NFC. So a lot of good stuff. We're going to see where the early action is, what sharp money they have taken, and some early thoughts as we look ahead to Super Bowl over Valentine's Day weekend. So this weekend, a bye week, but we're still going to have an interesting discussion regarding the Super Bowl odds straight ahead. Kicking is for losers. There he is, but kicking has been for winners lately with all these walk-off victories, including the Cincinnati Bengals with the monumental comeback and upset of the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. So Cincinnati is on to the Super Bowl to face the Rams. What a weekend and the dramatic victories continued on uh, championship Sunday Murray yeah Sunday was wild and and I think uh, you know we always talk about the game theory and, and and playing the clock and should they kick should they go for it Kansas City really blew it you know they they, they didn't score before halftime and at the time I didn't think it was going to be consequential but now looking back on it that was a disaster for them but I thought the biggest mistake they made was they were down 24 to 21 and they got down to first and goal and they, they seemed to be more concerned with running out the clock and making the Bengals use their timeouts than they were with actually scoring the go ahead touchdown. Yeah. They settled for, sure. for the field goal. The game goes to overtime. The Bengals get a defensive stop and now it's the Bengals that are going on to the Super Bowl. So I, I really, I didn't like the way that Kansas city uh, handled either the end of the first half or the end of the game. And that's why they're not in the Super Bowl. You know, something's been off for this Chiefs team all year. I've said it time and time again. Even when they were during that win streak, I was like, it just doesn't feel like vintage Mahomes. And, and obviously, he has made us set the bar so high for him. And just it's always been something a little off, and it finally came back to bite them a little bit. They just weren't as smooth and fluid as we have seen, you know, during the Super Bowl run where they won it all and even the MVP season for Mahomes. So I think this is the first time since Mahomes is uh, since 2018 that you can actually make a case. There are other quarterbacks in the league that you would rather build a franchise around. Like, I think if I could pick anybody right now, I'd pick Josh Allen. Hmm. And I think and I think you could make a case for Joe Burrow. And I, and I know I know some very sharp people, professional betters that live in the city. They have told me that they could make a case for Justin Herbert. I don't agree with those people. But I think for the first time since Mahomes emerged on the scene, that team that lost to New England in the AFC title game, I think you can make an argument for some other players as being the guy that you'd, you'd most want to build your team around. And uh, to, me, it's, to me, it's Josh Allen. To me, it's Josh Allen. But that doesn't mean that I don't, I don't love Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes is an incredible player. It's, a, it's an unbelievable era of quarterbacks coming up here in the AFC. Well, it's funny you wrote that. Uh, you said that because I wrote in our for our daily wager show that I wonder if we look back at this line for the Super Bowl and wonder how the heck is Joe Burrow getting more than three points? Because if you think about it, yeah. we don't we don't really like regard him in that elite category, right? It's Mahomes, it's Josh Allen, it's Aaron Rodgers. But I think after that, like, is he the fourth best quarterback? Would you well, definitely take Russell be. Wilson? Would you definitely take some of these other guys? And I don't know. So. With, with those weapons he has, with Jamar Chase and Higgins, and we'll see if Uzomo's uh, healthy, I just, I, I, I'm wondering if we're going to kick ourselves down the road and laugh that he was catching now four and a half in the Super Bowl. 
Well, what, what was Brady catching in his first Super Bowl? Like two touchdowns, and I, I believe, I believe right. that was that was. But Brady's. he wasn't as polished yet. He no, wasn't as polished as, as Burrow, course. and obviously it was a different and, situation. But and New England, that New England team won with its defense too. People forget that because Brady went on to have this incredible career. But that first Super Bowl team that New England beat the Rams uh, like twenty years ago. Uh, it was my freshman year of college, if I remember that. But uh, that that team won with its defense. Absolutely. Uh, this this six early. Yeah, this Bengals team, they, they run through Joe Burrow and that offense, Jamar Chase, the various weapons Burrow has. Burrow is just way ahead of schedule. It's two separate conversations. If you could, I don't, Burrow is not in the conversation for best quarterback in the NFL right now, but if the conversation is who would you most want to build your team around, for me, then Aaron Rodgers is out of the conversation because of his age. For me, number one is Allen with Mahomes right there. I think Burrow might be the third guy I would choose. Although Justin Herbert just blew me away in that Sunday night game I went to a few weeks ago against your Raiders. He, he was right. un- some of the throws he made in that game. It was unbelievable. And I don't know that any of the guys I just mentioned could have made some of those throws. No, I agree. I agree. Herbert's upside is certainly there. So what do you make of this line? Because we've seen some a little bit of a movement. Now, the number four is no longer as significant in NFL betting as it used to be. But nonetheless, uh, anytime yeah. you see a line move in the Super Bowl, it matters. Well, what you've seen so far is you've seen some sharper players move the number up because we, we opened this game three and a half on Sunday after uh, after the Rams finished off San Francisco. And and we saw some immediate support for the Rams and we went to four and then we went to four and a half early this week. The public is going to be on the Bengals money line. You know, don't that doesn't mean you need to run out and bet against that. The public always bets the dog money line in the Super Bowl. Everybody knows that. So we know the public is going to be on Cincinnati money line. But so far, the, the the sharper players moved this number up a little bit on the Rams. But the really sharp play early was the under. You know, we had this total of 50 and a half, 51. And we're all the way down to 48 and a half. Now, obviously, the public's going to come into, into Las Vegas in the next 10 days. And we all know they are going to be on the over, of course because the public betters like to bet on stuff to happen. But the, the, the sharp guys definitely played under in this game, for sure. Okay, so let's process this a little bit, because I think this is really interesting. So even, well, it's more so for the, for, the, um, for the props, but even though you know that the public is going to come in a certain way, and the public influences the books for the Super Bowl, because you, you, you know when you see these pie charts and it's 90% of the public is on this, and then the 10%, like you actually do move when it's 90-10 because the volume is so high on the Super Bowl. So yeah. even then, you're moving with the Sharps, at least at this juncture. Yeah, but we can – It's the, the amount of money we've written on this game so far, I mean, it, it probably doesn't even represent 5% of what we're going to write on, uh, overall. So okay. we, don't, we don't need to – I know what you're saying. I, I don't, actually, I don't disagree with you, to tell you the truth. I think you're probably right. But we don't need to move the total up to, to guard against public money until – we're talking on the Thursday before the Pro Bowl here, the harrowing bye week. Uh, the public people that are coming out here to bet the Super Bowl, they won't even touch down in Las Vegas for another seven days. So we don't we don't really need to worry about th- that too much yet. Okay. So where do you think this line goes between now and kickoff? Uh, I just I, 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 I could see the total going up a little bit because of everything we just said. Uh, as far as the side is concerned, I, I'm already a little surprised that it is at four and a half. Uh, I see yeah. some I see some prominent offshore books are at four right now. Nevada market is basically everybody has four and a half for the most part. So I, I would be 
I know the public is going to bet the Bengals money line. We've actually taken more bets from the public on the, on the Bengals point spread than the Rams, which surprised me a little bit. So I, I think you'll, if I had to guess which way it'll go, I'd say, I think it'll go down, not up. I don't okay. see it. I don't see it going through four and a half. The only way that would happen is if a really prominent group were to lay the Rams and, and that could happen, of course, but that that's really the only way I see this number going up. Cause I, I think it's already pretty high. I mean, the Rams probably aren't in this game if Jaquiski Tart catches what, what could have been the easiest interception in NFL history. I mean, the, remember the Rams had just blown their last time out with a, a very foolish challenge on a fumble. And if, if Tart intercepts that ball, the Niners have first down around midfield and the Rams have no timeouts left. I know there was still about eight or nine minutes to play, but the Rams would have been in dire straits if that guy pulls down that interception. Yeah, both teams kind of uh, a couple plays go against them. They're they're not in this game, and I sure. and I think that goes without saying. But that's also the nature of the beast in football. It just is what it is, and I uh, I think we need to remember that when it's a one game situation, it just is what it is. It's the that's football for you, especially when you get to the level where um you know you, all these good teams are left. But I wonder has has the power rating for the Bengals changed that much? It's certainly gone up. You're talking about a Bengals team that was, I, I, they were home dogs at the end of the season against Kansas City, against San Francisco. And now, they, now they're uh, four and a half on a neutral against the Rams. The Rams get a little tiny bump because the game's in SoFi. But n- nothing, really? n- nothing uh, very, very minimal, maybe a half point, I think. Just because, uh, look at it this way. If you're the Rams... Would you rather play if they offered you to play this game in Miami or Dallas or L.A. or wherever? Where would you choose? You would, they'd pick SoFi Stadium. They'd pick L.A. I, I think there's a very small edge there for the Rams being at home in okay, this game. Good point. No, nothing, nothing too significant. I, I, I don't. I'm not saying that the Rams fans are going to overrun SoFi and affect the game like that. But, but they do get the comfort of playing in their home stadium and being at home. I think it, I, I, I would disagree with people that say it's worth absolutely nothing. I don't agree with that. Yeah, the non-travel component, the comfort right. level. But some say, you know, I mean, look, road teams have been great ATS, better than the home teams the last th- few years. I mean, I think there's something to be said about getting away from things, right? But, yeah. um, you know, I, I want to say Brady rented a house, I think, to get away from his family last year. So maybe people can do that. But again, the travel, the jet lag, all that, who knows? Um Okay, so some props have been posted. All the books trying to the arms race that is sports betting industry these days, trying to get ahead of the curve and at least get some of the MVP odds, some of the main participants, and then the unveiling of the props. So, how, where do we stand, and what was some of the more, more difficult postings of props? Well, we're we're putting everything up tonight. The Superbook goes live seven o'clock Pacific with uh, the full prop menu. We, we've got some of the generic stuff up now, uh, and we've got up the MVP, but. Most of the stuff we got up like the first uh, first player to score a touchdown. Uh, some of the some of the more generic index props are up, but for the most part, our, our full menu is going to be going up tonight. And uh, th- we had our guys; uh, they spent the last two days in a in a bunker, holed up in a bunker, working on these numbers. And uh, it, it's a huge under huge undertaking and the guys did a tremendous job and right now they're just getting everything set finalized before they flip the switch uh the only the only big liabilities we have so far in the mvp pool uh we took some pretty big bets on samaji p ryan to win the mvp interesting from sharp 
I, I guess you'd have to say that. Yeah. And, uh, and Sony Michelle is the other one. So P Ryan is from a thousand to one, he's down to 500 to one. Sony Michelle has gone from 200 to one to 100 to one. You know, P Ryan had that long touchdown catch uh, late in the second quarter on Sunday when it was 21 to three at the time, I didn't really think it was that consequential. Now in retrospect, that was a very big play. And, uh, and and kept the Bengals in the game, which they ultimately won. So I don't know that he can be the MVP of the Super Bowl. Uh, we'll see. But that, that's what they've been betting us so far. Yeah. So a couple things. I want to do a little PSA for you. <laughs> oh, please. Um, and obviously every book's got different odds, and that changes my opinion. But 31 of the 51 have been quarterbacks, MVPs. There's only been one from a losing team. That was Super Bowl five. So let's just assume the Super Bowl MVP is going to come from the winning team. Usually a quarterback. Stafford is plus 120, and the money line in the game is minus $2. So I actually can understand someone rather taking Stafford at plus 120 versus minus $2. However, Joe Burrow, you're looking at like plus 220 versus plus 170 for Cincinnati on the money line. I don't think the gap there is worth it. I'd rather just have the entire... Bengals team, if you will, you know, Bengals to win the game, then I would likely those two are connected, but I just, it's not worth it for the 50 cents for me. Well, I agree. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't be betting on the MVP quarterback as if like, Oh, you think that team's going to win the game. These books have whole percentages, 20, 25, 30% in the MVP pool. So that, that, that I, I would definitely recommend not doing that. I think you're getting too cute there. If you think the Bengals are going to win, bet the Bengals. Take the points. Take the money line. Don't take Joe Burrow to win the MVP. Although I understand that he most likely will be the MVP if they do win. It's not impossible that a player like Jamar Chase could have a huge game. Sure. Uh, Joe Mixon could have a huge game. It, it's not. It's not an impossibility. So I, I certainly wouldn't recommend doing that. I think you're getting way too cute when you do stuff like that. Do you agree with the Stafford logic, though? I do, but again, who the, there's a number of, of big-name players on the Rams that, that could win MVP. The Rams have kind of a galaxy of stars. Yeah. They have a guy in Von Miller who's already won a Super Bowl MVP as a defensive player years ago for the Denver Broncos. Aaron Donald is considered by many people to be the best defensive player in the NFL. Cooper Cup, I think, considered by everybody right now to be the best receiver in the NFL. So you can't really say that these these other guys have no chance to win the MVP of this game. So it's funny you mentioned Cup, and with the public coming in and everything, I actually think if you're going to bet Cup, Aaron Donald, even if you can get a good number, but I think that's almost gone, I would do it now. I think Cup seven plus 750 or so I think is decent if you can get that. Um, but Aaron Donald's like too trendy. He's down to 18 to one. That's just insane. And you're not getting like the movement of the quarterbacks. You're getting some of the other guys going from 200 to 250 to one. But I do, I do think cup is the guy I would take more than chase more than, um, Donald more than all the other big names. I, I think cup, I mean, the guy is just always open. He's minus a buck 85 to score a touchdown. He, you could easily go Stafford could have two touchdowns, both the cup. Maybe have a pick for Stafford and cups your MVP because he's just getting big plays and he's always available around the goal line. He's always he, the guy is freaking always open. Well, in, you know what he does or what he did in the NFC Championship game that was so significant was all of his catches seemed to be on third downs and sometimes on third and long that turned into first downs. So if he, if he's making plays like that throughout the game and Stafford has a couple of silly mistakes, maybe he throws a bad pick. Yeah, Cooper Cup could be the MVP of this game. I, I don't think that's unrealistic at all. And do you agree that the big payouts are going to come down 
right? Like Aaron Donald's uh, yeah. going to be like 10 to 1 they, by kickoff. They will because that's who people bet. And and usually when usually if we win in the if we win in the MVP pool, I'm sorry, if we lose in the MVP pool, it's cuz some wild off the off the wall guy won and it was probably a low scoring game and it probably means we win overall. Like we got killed when Von Miller won the MVP of Super Bowl 50. But we had we did awesome on that game because the dog won. It was very low scoring. We cleaned up in the other props. We just got beat up on MVP. Sometimes when a quarterback's MVP, like Nick Foles, he won the MVP of, of his Super Bowl, and we did really well on that. But we did terrible on the props in that game because there was like a hundred points scored in that game. Uh, right. I still have, I still have a PTSD over that Super Bowl. <laughs> Ter- that was terrible. But usually, the more boring a game, the better for us overall but it can lead to a long shot winning Super Bowl MVP. Gotcha. All right. Well, the overarching concept is that if you like an over, bet it now. If you like an under, wait till kickoff because the public is going to come in and bet the overs on the passing yards, the receiving yards, the rushing yards. Is that still the case if you know that's going to happen once you shade it a certain way as an odds maker releasing lines tonight? I think the betters have caught on to that over the years. I mean, that was a conversation we used to always have on this Thursday, or actually in the, in the past, we used to release the props on Tuesday. Uh, but the, the, all the wise guys will be here tonight, and they would be here that Tuesday night, and they'd be betting under everything. And then seven days later, they could have gotten a better number on a lot of the bets, not all of them. Sometimes they had to bet the under then to beat the other wise guy groups and, and lock in the number, and I get that. Right. And you can't really tell those people, like, hey, you guys are doing it wrong when they win almost every year and they make a lot of money. So you really shouldn't be preaching to those guys. They know what they're doing, but there were a lot of cases where they'd be going under everything and the numbers would actually rise later in the week, especially at some of the more touristy operations on the strip. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why are you betting us under here? You could probably go to the strip next week and bet under 20 more yards on the strip. I never really understood that, but, Again, I don't want to. I don't want to criticize those people too much because they've been betting props and they've been doing well for for years and years and years. They obviously know what they're doing. Yeah, I'm just trying to get a handle for our listeners. You know, who who yeah. may have uh, states like DraftKings and FanDuel. Obviously, not just right. here in Vegas. I'm just curious because we've already seen Burroughs passing yards move up for some of these places. So I'm just curious what you anticipate uh, between now and you know kickoff. Well, I do think that, I mean, I know one thing the sharp guys are probably going to bet is Cooper cup under they've, they've, they bet that like every, uh, I would not, no, I wouldn't either. They, but they, they did. They think they did it for every, every playoff game, uh, that the, the Rams have played so far this season, but that that's the kind of stuff they like to bet. You know, that they like to go against the grain. They think the numbers are inflated and Mm -hmm. usually, and, and again, these people overall do very well. But, yeah, they're going to bet Cup. Uh, they'll probably be betting on Cup to not score a touchdown or Cam Akers to not score a touchdown. I, I think the guy that's the hardest guy to make props on in the Super Bowl is Cam Akers. Two terrible fumbles in that divisional right. playoff game against Tampa Bay. He almost cost the Rams that game. We were almost looking at a San Francisco-Tampa Bay NFC Championship game because of Akers' fumbles. How much production is he going to get? That's hard to gauge. We don't know what's going on closed doors there with the Rams. He is their best option at running back. But, I, I mean, if he were to fumble the ball early in the game, it's hard for me to believe they'd send him back out there. Yeah, but McVay has been, for me, surprisingly more committed to the run than I thought he would. I think he limits Stafford. I think he really wants to establish the run. I don't know, keep his defense fresh, whatever cliche you want to apply. Mm-hmm. I've been 
I've noticed at least that McVay has remained committed to the run. He has. I thought McVay, I know he won and he's in his second Super Bowl in four years. So what the hell do I know? But I didn't agree with a lot of his decisions in the uh, in the NFC championship game. Now, he got away with them. But again, I think a lot of that is because of that drop, uh, dropped interception by Tart. not to put everything on him. But uh, the Rams are the Rams are, are, I think, are a little fortunate to be here right now. Although they 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 were very impressive against Arizona and Tampa Bay. Yeah. So that, no, that, that, I, that's a little look, unfair. These that's things happen all the time. I mean, the, the Ravens oh, sure. won it all, right? They beat in the Harbaugh Bowl. Remember, they were down and had the the Hail Mary and Raheem, you know, Mo, was it Morris or whoever the safety was that, like, tripped on his own yeah. feet that yeah. forced overtime. I mean, these fluke, crazy things happen that enable a team to go. I believe the Titans and the Music City Miracle, if that doesn't happen, they went to the Super Bowl, right, and came a yard yeah. away against the Rams yeah. that year. So. These things, I mean, I'm sure there's other examples. I'm just jumping around decades. But I, I'm i with you. Um, the Bengals, too. I mean, look at the Cincinnati team. I mean, look at Derek Carr spiking on first down. Who knows what happens if things play out a little differently. And then obviously the 21-3 to into the first half sequence as well. And then even the second half, the end of the regulation. So I, uh, I'm just not – I wonder in five years if we look back and this Bengals team's like a juggernaut. Right, like they're loaded on all. I don't. I don't think that 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 Denver safety, unfortunately, Raheem Moore. Moore, he got got, got beat the on coach. got beat on a long throw to Jacoby Jones. I think Raheem Morris is the defensive coordinator for the Rams going Correct. into this game. Uh, but that was a that was a tough one for for the Den- for Denver fans. That was awful because Denver definitely should have won that game. And I, I know what you're saying, and I, I think there is a chance that we do look back on this game as the first of multiple Super Bowl runs for this core group that Cincinnati has. I don't think that's that unrealistic not because I think Joe Burrow can be that kind of a player. I think he can be a guy who is perennially going deep in the playoffs. I think the thing that's going to be working against Burrow is what we talked about earlier. All the other great quarterbacks in the AFC, only one of them can go to the Super Bowl every year. And I, and I think that Pat Mahomes is going to kind of look back on this era. I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but he only, he, only hey, he had four home AFC championship games and he only turned it into one Super Bowl. So I, I don't know Title. that he's yeah. one. I'm sorry. One Super Bowl championship. You're correct. And I, I think in, re, in retrospect, that might be a little disappointing for Mahomes. He lost two conference championship games at home and he, and he lost the Super Bowl last year to Tampa. So the AFC is going to get a lot tougher as we move forward. And it's because of guys like Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, who knows? Maybe Trevor Lawrence will end up being good. Didn't look like it this year, but he maybe Aaron Rodgers finds himself. We uh, we were talking about that. We, you know, we we put up the Super Bowl future book this week, and immediately we're getting hammered on the Steelers. They were betting us the Steelers at 100, 100 to one, especially at the the Super Book in, in Blackhawk was just getting peppered. Blackhawk, Colorado, getting peppered with Steelers bets. Aaron Rodgers goes to the Steelers. Think of the quarterback battles we would have in the AFC next season. It's just, it's just crazy how many great QBs will be out there. See, I thought Vikings 30-1 to 1 caught my eye. I mean, the division's going to be wide open for them. And, and with the Harbaugh speculation at the time when I tweeted it. But All right, man. So we'll have a much deeper dive next Thursday into the props. We're going to expect some winners out of you. And we'll, you'll have more information to share on what sharp money you have taken behind the counter but enjoy your weekend of no ref ball, as you like to say. <laughs> but we do get the uh, uh, some yeah. football all-star game, the NHL yeah. all-star game. Vegas is the all-star mecca 
this weekend. Oh yeah, and uh, we'll get back. You know, we'll connect next week. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna give some prop plays on the show next week. I'm gonna talk to my boy, the Prince. Although everyone is now some sort of royalty in the prop field, but oh, yeah. Prince of Props is the original. He's the real. He's the real McCoy. The last thing I want to say: remember, as you're consuming media stuff in the next ten days. A lot of the stuff that we hear is sharp in the prop markets. You don't know what the betters are doing. They may be laying off bets. They may be playing for middles. So just be careful what you hear. The sharp guys are on in those prop bets because you don't really know what those that group is doing. They might be moving the market one way to go the other way. Just keep that in mind and, and be careful here over the next 10 days. It'll be a lot of fun. Super Bowl coming up, and then we get the, the glorious offseason, my friend. Yeah, very good advice on that because there's middlers and arbitragers and oh, yeah. something uh, not that's to be. A, that's most of it, too. Right. That's that's most of it. And sometimes when we have these middlers and arbitrage players that are going to be betting tonight, Thursday night, they're betting what we want them to bet because they're, they see it, what the other books have, and we position specifically to write bets on certain things. We want their bets. So really be careful just saying, oh, the sharp guys bet this. It might have been exactly what we were hoping they would bet. Right, right. All right, my friend. Great stuff. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll uh, get back with you next Thursday. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you next week. Money won is twice as sweet as money earned. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Daily Wager Extra. Appreciate everyone downloading, rating, reviewing, subscribing, all that fun stuff. And uh, best of luck this weekend as you whet the appetite with basketball, of NBA in college, and maybe even some all-star game action. But we'll have the full breakdown next Thursday. Don't forget the Daily Wager podcast every weekday, 10 minutes or less, posted around 12.31 p.m. Eastern. And also the Daily Wager show tonight, 6 Eastern, and then I'm out of town for a wedding. And then we're going to have an abbreviated schedule. No weekend show this weekend. We'll be back to our usual time slot next week. (laughs) 